This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, July 29th, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. The Affordable Care Act was supposed to deliver comprehensive health coverage to millions more full-time workers. The reality for many workers is that their hours are being cut to below full-time. Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, explains why. So one of the things that Obamacare was going to achieve is it was going to force employers to offer comprehensive coverage to all full-time workers, and they were going to make sure that that was really all full-time workers because they defined full-time as 30 hours per week. Anything above that is full-time. Anything below that is part-time. And the employer mandate in Obamacare applies to all employees working more than 30 hours per week. While the law of unintended consequences took hold, in fact, it's taken hold before Obamacare and the, the employer mandate even took effect. And what employers are doing is in order to avoid those penalties, they are taking workers from above 30 hours per week to below 30 hours per week. So this tax really hasn't even taken effect yet. It doesn't take effect until 2014, but people are already losing hours and losing income because employers have to adjust their their workforces their, in order to avoid these penalties. There's a supermarket in Wisconsin that said that they would have they would go out of business if they didn't change how their employee how many hours their employees were working to below 30 hours per week because they would have to pay penalties of two thousand or three thousand dollars per employee and that would have put them out of business. The Washington Post reported on a music professor who works at a, a, a Virginia college, and that college reduced his hours to the extent that he just lost $8,000 worth of income thanks to Obamacare. Now, you wrote a letter to the Washington Post indicating that in many states that have where employers have made these kinds of adjustments that they needn't do that and perhaps their understanding of the language of the law is unclear. That's right. That article in the Washington Post that I mentioned, it cites not just the Commonwealth of Virginia and Virginia universities, but also employers in Texas and the city of Dearborn, Michigan and a school district in Utah and the White Castle Burger chain, which is headquartered in Ohio. What's interesting is about the interesting thing about all of these states is you've got employers who are doing things to employ uh, to avoid penalties under the employer mandate, but they shouldn't have to because under the statute, employers in those states, in fact, in 34 states total, are exempt from penalties under the employer mandate because their state did not create a health insurance exchange. It's a little bit complicated, but one of the consequences of a state declining to create a health insurance exchange is the federal government has no authority whatsoever to penalize employers in that state for failure to offer what the government considers adequate coverage. And yet the Obama administration is still doing that. The IRS is trying to tax employers in those 34 states contrary to the clear language of the statute and congressional intent. So when I wrote the Washington Post, what I, one of the things I discussed was that there are two lawsuits right now trying to challenge those illegal taxes. One filed by the state of Oklahoma, another filed by employers and individuals from six different states. And hopefully those lawsuits will be successful and block those illegal taxes because there are workers whose incomes are suffering right now, not just because of a tax, but because of an illegal tax that Congress never authorized. What about – there are like Starbucks, for example, and some other corporations 
do offer health insurance to people who do work uh, less than 30 hours a week, it most likely won't be the comprehensive coverage that uh, the Affordable Care Act would require. But is there an impact that we could see on, on those companies that currently offer that coverage? Whether an employer offers what Obamacare considers to be adequate coverage or inadequate coverage to their workers, their part-timers who work less than 30 hours a week, there is a huge incentive for those employers to drop that coverage and just offer the, those workers the cash equivalent or maybe less and free those workers to go purchase health insurance through one of Obamacare's exchanges. And the real incentive there is the subsidies that Obamacare offers through its health insurance exchanges. If these part-time workers are making below 400% of the federal poverty level, and most of them probably are, then they will be eligible for some sort of tax credit and or subsidy through an exchange. And they win because the coverage offered through, well, they're getting that subsidy to purchase coverage through an exchange, and that coverage is probably more comprehensive than what their employer is offering. The employer wins because the employer doesn't have to offer that coverage anymore, and they can just cash out that those workers, um, and the employer saves on administrative costs, the cost of administering those health benefits. And so this is another way that Obamacare will really disrupt the existing health insurance of uh, of lots of people, there will be a lot of employees in those uh, in those firms that don't want to lose the coverage they have right now. When so, if someone has an expensive medical condition and they lose their coverage, even if they pick up coverage someplace else, it might not be, uh, you know, their doctor might not be in the in the new network. There can be serious disruptions to the their continuity of care. Michael Cannon is director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute. You can read more on Obamacare's effects at our website, cato.org.